I am professional wrestler Chris Rex, and if you're hearing my voice, that means you're listening to the Bear of Texas podcast. What is up, beauties? This is the Bear of Texas. Welcome to another edition of Cowboys Talk, the Dallas Cowboys discussion segment of the Bear of Texas podcast. Just like always, I am reporting live from an undisclosed location deep in the heart of Texas. Ladies and gentlemen, it's time for an update on free agency as far as the Dallas Cowboys go. Well, I'm not going to sugarcoat nothing. And right out of the bat, I'm just going to say that a few days ago, probably about five days or so ago, I was very, very disappointed because I was not satisfied, obviously. Obviously, the Dak Prescott signing has many Cowboy fans uh, satisfied. But knowing me, and as I've already explained the whole situation, I do not plan on going back to that. But I was super disappointed just a few days ago. But now, not as disappointed. Still a bit. But at least I could say, at least the Cowboys have done something. Not quite what I expected because I was really hoping that we can get Patrick Peterson. Well, he chose to go to the Vikings, but something tells me that the Dallas Cowboys did not make any attempts to sign the guy. If they did, they didn't put forth the great effort. And how, now that I see how much he signed it for the Vikings for, huh, well, I'm convinced the Cowboys could have gotten him if they had tried. Well, what's done is done, right? Maybe I should just get over it. Alright, yeah, fine. I mean, there's still hope. Maybe we can still get Richard Sherman, but uh, since nothing's been coming out of it lately, it's been quiet regarding the whole situation. I think I think it's perhaps safe to say that there is a... 50% chance that the pursuit of Richard Sherman, as far as the Cowboys go, is, well, quite simply put, dead in the water. Now, I'm going to start off with the re-signings, and I already did with Dak Prescott, four years, $160 million. I see this, we re-signed Noah Brown. Okay, a one-year deal, but without the details. I'm sure it's a very reasonable price. Now, Noah Brown hasn't obviously done too much, but he's had his moments. He's he's made a couple of good catches since he's been here since 2017, the former Ohio State Buckeye. Resigned Cedric Wilson Jr., also wide receiver on a one-year deal, $2.1 million. Well, last year, he did certainly have quite a few memories. <laughs> started, uh, started off on the practice squad in 2019, but it was 2020 where we remember him mostly specifically September 27th 2020 week three against the Seattle Seahawks Cedric Wilson Jr. five catches 107 receiving yards two touchdowns that's one cool thing but if we're going to talk about Cedric Wilson Jr. 2020 I think the best thing we saw out of him, which was one of the best plays of the entire season, was when he threw an 11-yard touchdown pass to none other than Dak Prescott on a beautiful and spectacular trick play. Now, of course, a Dak Prescott critic like me and Wiley, a.k.a. the Venomous Stare, even we had to applaud such a, an adorable act. Well, shouldn't I say, I shouldn't say an adorable act. I should say an amazing play. An amazing football play. So, that being said, Cedric Wilson Jr. resigning. I don't protest it. I just hope that perhaps he can actually get a little bit more playing time. 
But again, it's a one-year deal, $2.1 million. It's reasonable. Also reta retaining Antoine Woods, defensive tackle. Although in Woods' case, I only hope he can stay healthy because, in my opinion, Antoine Woods is obviously not the best player that we have, but he's a fairly good player. He's been with us for a few years now. And in my opinion, he's a very underrated player. It was amazing because when he signed with the Cowboys on May thirty, May excuse me, May thirtieth, two thousand eighteen, on a two year deal worth a little over a million bucks, I was actually very impre impressed at how how long he's been able to survive, you know, and by surviving, like he was able to stay on the roster. I mean, August thirty first, two thousand eighteen, according to my research, he made the fifty three man roster as a starting nose tackle. There is the key, folks, not as a backup, but as a starter. So it seems to me Antoine Woods worked his ass off. He played well. He earned everything he's gotten with the Cowboys so far. So he has re-earned the right to stay with the Cowboys. And quite frankly, I am satisfied with this move. According to the sources and the reports, he was placed on a restricted free agent tender, which took place four days ago. So I guess we could say he's secured for at least one year. I only hope that he stays healthy because in December he was placed on injured reserve. But again, also in week three, he had three tackles and he sacked Russell Wilson once. Okay, definitely had a definitely had his had his moment there. But mildly, but the fact that he's he was impressive. I mean, that's what gave the Cowboys. Uh, that's what convinced him to resign the guy. Well, here's another sign that I actually agreed with. Resigning Jordan Lewis. It was a th on a three-year deal, sixteen and a half million dollars. You know, I'm gonna be honest. The first thing I, th the, the first thing that impresses me as far as this move goes was the fact that Jordan Lewis was actually accepted an offer like that. Because from some of the one a, a source on Twitter said that Jordan Lewis doesn't care about money. He wants to earn his respect. He's a team player. He want he just wants to play football. You know, that's a player that I respect. He doesn't care about money. It's What's important to him is he's playing football because football is what he loves. It's his passion. So it, rather than being having the money truck dumped on him, he just wants to simply play football. Jordan Lewis, I applaud you. I praise you. And to be honest, you deserve this deal. You deserve to stay with the Cowboys. You've been doing well. What impresses me with Jordan Lewis is the dude's got speed. Okay, I like how he's actually he's actually able to sack the quarterback. He sacked the quarterback a few times, and he's got tackles for a loss. Okay, the Cowboys need that. And the surprise is that it comes from a secondary player. So Jordan Lewis really has made an impression. The cornerback out of the University of Michigan. Okay, third round pick out of in 2017. First team All Big Ten in 2015 and 2016. Again, drafted in the third round out of the University of Michigan. You know, it's really going to be interesting to see him and Anthony Brown compete for the starting job. But you know what? It was a smart move to bring back Jordan Lewis. Now, I'm going to take a look at deeper into his statistics, okay? 13 starts last season, okay? That was actually the highest amount of starts he's had in his career with the Cowboys. 13 starts, appeared in 15 games. Unfortunately, he did not have an interception, but 
He did recover a fumble, and he did sack the quarterback twice. A total of 59 combined tackles, 40 of which were solo, 7 tackles for a loss, 1 quarterback hit. Like I said, the dude's athleticism is impressive, okay? And the way he plays, okay, that can't be ignored. So re-signing Jordan Lewis was smart, and it can be proven, okay? And his skills and the stats and everything he's done so far in the, in the last four years, that's the proof, ladies and gentlemen. Now take a look, look, take a look at the departures. Andy Dalton left to sign with the Chicago Bears. Well, I honestly knew that Andy Dalton would leave, so that's no surprise. I'm actually wondering, I wonder if Garrett Gilbert is still with the team because I was thinking, you know what, Garrett Gilbert should be the backup because Garrett Gilbert had a hell of a game against the Pittsburgh Steelers, was almost able to lead the Cowboys to victory, but regardless, Garrett Gilbert did in fact play good and I was mildly impressed. <clears throat> Excuse me. Well, we lost Cameron Irving to the Carolina Panthers, and again, not surprised. Blake Bell returning to the Chiefs, another unsurprising move. The ones who, are, who have yet to be determined, Alden Smith, Sean Lee, Joe Looney, Tyron, Tyrone Crawford. Well, as far as Sean Lee goes, I figured if the Cowboys were to re-sign him, they probably would have done it already. Sean Lee has yet to actually announce his retirement. Because I figured that, that last year, 2020, would be the final season for Sean Lee, at least with the Cowboys. But Wiley, a.k.a. the Venomous Stare, has talked about in the past that Sean Lee would leave the Cowboys and then play for another team, maybe like Chicago or Minnesota, whatever, for one year, and then retire and then return, as the Cow return to the Cowboys as the linebacker's coach. It was definitely a smart strategy that was explained by uh, Wiley. But we didn't see it yet. So as far as Sean Lee goes, I, if the Cowboys resign to another one-year deal, whether I protested or not, it's really irrelevant. You know, he's 35 years old now. He, he's past his prime. You know, it's unfortunate that, you know, throughout his career, his health has always been a cause for concern. But for a dude that always got hurt, well, I shouldn't say always got hurt. For a dude that was hurt a lot, Sean Lee did do his best. Sean Lee did do a lot for the Cowboys. And he's one of the greatest Cowboy players of all time. At least in my lifetime. Now, Xavier Woods remains to be seen. However, I actually expect to, I expect him to leave. I don't think he's going to be... I don't think he's going to re-sign with the Cowboys. I mean, if he does, it'll certainly be a surprise. I mean, Cheeto Awuzie left to sign with the Cincinnati Bengals. And I'm going to be honest... Losing Chidobio Awuzie didn't actually bother me, to be honest. I mean, you know, last year did have uh, problems, you know, did, had problems staying healthy. Uh, I'm definitely not going to ignore that. But, you know, a lot of people, a lot of the critics have said, you know, Chidobio Awuzie has really failed to exceed expectations since, you know, arriving here also in 2017. He was the Cowboys' second round pick out of the University of Colorado. So. Started a started a full sixteen games in twenty nineteen and started fourteen games in twenty eighteen. Those two those two particular years were actually a pretty decent on his part. You know, had over seventy tackles. You know, seventy combined tackles. You know, had fifty seven solo tackles in twenty eighteen and forty eight in twenty nineteen. 
Last year, he only appeared in eight games, starting only six, so I'm not really surprised that the dudes left, and to be honest, it's really no big loss for the Cowboys. Alright, now we're really going to get to the signings, okay, and a lot of these are very, very interesting. Well, number one, I don't even know why we had to sign the dude. I mean, I'm actually asking myself, what happened to our previous long snapper because apparently because apparently we we just had a, a former Rams uh long snapper excuse me I'm, I'm sorry I'm just a little I'm, I'm just overwhelmed because I'm I'm just kind of like well I'm a little out of my element you know it's been a big day but anyway so we signed Jacob McQuaid 34 years old His previous team was the Los Angeles Rams it's a one year deal but but no details. Well, it seems to me, because I'm looking at the long the long times long snap that the Cowboys have had, LP Leducer, Montreal, uh, Montreal, Canada native, former player, uh, college player at the University of uh, California, <laughs> began his career with the Canadian Football League, was with the Cowboys from 2005 to 2020. Well, just said, huh? so according to, I just looked it up, yeah, it says the reports, the Cowboys just decided not to re-sign the dude, and Man, 16 years with the Cowboys, and I guess all of a sudden the Cowboys just decided, well, we're not, we're, we don't, we don't need you anymore. So, I, so I guess so. So I guess, I guess you, I guess you got to pick up a, a long snapper anyway. So now at first, basically, I kind of opened my eyes on this one. So, because I actually was not aware of the fact that we actually rele- released him. Okay, I had a feeling that maybe he had retired, you know, but there was no report, or maybe there was. I just didn't. I just obviously did not see it. But Jacob McQuaid again, thirty-four, Los Angeles Rams. Well, played with the Rams from you know started off in the time when they were with St. Louis, one hundred forty-four games, hmm. two-time Pro Bowler. Okay, obviously was with the Rams when when they went to the Super Bowl. Well. It's actually, to be honest, at first, you know, just it's just funny. Not long ago, I was actually very, very critical of this signing, but now I say that this signing seems to be ideal because he's a veteran player, and the Cowboys need that. And here's what's important: his him signing with the Cowboys. Okay, it reunites him with former special teams coordinator John Fassel. So at least he's coming to he's he's coming to play for a team where. One of the coaches, a special teams guy, is a guy he's very familiar with. So there's that harmony right there. So that's what we need. Now I'm looking. Okay, Ty Nasike. I'm, I'm, I sincerely hope I'm pronouncing it correctly because I feel bad when I, when I mispronounce these names. But f- played with the Buffalo Bills, 36 years old, another one-year deal. I mean, I'm gonna be honest. All these signs that we've gotten, only one of them is not a one-year deal. <laughs> You know, the Cowboys are kind of taking precautions. You know, they can't afford to sign guys to long-term deals, you know. For a lot of players, a one-year deal is just your chance to prove the team, you know, where you're at in your career. If you have anything left to offer, if you still have a future ahead of you. So, the Cowboys have actually been doing intelligently well with these sort of signings. Again, you know, you know, you don't want to dump, when you dump the money truck on a player, even if it's the hottest free agent out there, there's always that major significant risk. Okay, I mean the Cowboys already dumped the money truck on Dak Prescott, so 
I mean, they can't do it again. And then again, it reminds me, they didn't have to dump the money truck on Patrick Peterson, now did they? So anyway, I'm looking at this guy, Ty. Okay, oh, well, check this out. Here's what's interesting. He's a native of Arlington, Arlington, Texas. Played college football at Texas State University. High school football at Bowie High School in Arlington. So it's, he's a hometown guy. All right, well, good for him. Coming home to play for the Cowboys. Played 15 games last season. He was with the, he was previously with the Buffalo Bills. Yeah, this dude's really had quite a long career, and it's really not been easy for the guy. Undrafted in 2009, played for the Corpus Christi Sharks, <laughs> AF2, an, an arena football team, and then had another uh, then had another arena football team. You know, played with a team known as the F Dallas Vigilantes, and then went with the Philadelphia Soul. I mean. This dude didn't didn't appear in the NFL until 2012 when he signed with the when he went to the Indianapolis Colts. Hmm. Although he, unfortunately he only lasted there a month. You know he he was he was then signed signed by the Rams. Lasted another uh, then was released again after another month, and then and then he was signed with the practice squad. We remained for the year, and then 2013 he was released and the dude went bounce to the Saints. Didn't see, didn't see any action. Went to the Montreal Alouettes, Canadian Football League. Was on the practice roster. Went to the Washington football team in 2015. Well, only lasted a few months. Was signed by the Washington football team February 10, 2015. And then he was waived May 4th. And then went to a team called the Los Angeles Kiss. Another an arena football team based on Anaheim, California. Well, here's what's interesting: they're called the LA Kiss, but they're in Anaheim. Same situation with the with the LA Angels. Uh, Anaheim is not part of LA County; it's actually part of Orange County. I know that from experience from all the visits I've had in Southern California. And I actually uh, I don't know if you folks know this, but my dad actually used to work in Anaheim, California, specifically in Irvine. But anyway, moving on. He would go on to return to the Washington football team. And this time, he actually finally had a lengthy tenure. Was with the Washington football team from 2015 to 2018. Signed with the Buffalo Bills in 2019 on a, a two-year deal. Well, he finally did receive his payday when, when he went to the Buffalo Bills. You know, and, and based on how his career has gone, how just, you know, bouncing from team to team, going to the Canadian Football League to, to Arena Football League... I mean that that dude never gave up. Even says here he he started at a swing tackle, started four games at left tackle because Trent Williams was suspended. So that's what I like about the guy. He has he's given the opportunity and this dude makes the most of it. Okay. I really you know based on how he is, you know, as I'm looking, you know, it, it seems that he, well he hasn't started a game since 2019, he started one game for Buffalo in 2019. He's never started more than five games. Huh, check this out. He's appeared in 81 games total. Started in only in 17. Well, not really gonna judge him based off, based off of that, but I just really honestly hope that he does get a little bit of playing time with the Cowboys. You know, with the Cowboys with the offensive line problems... 
he's very likely he's very likely to appear games, but but since we're talking about starting, well, it'll all remain to be seen. Excuse me. Alright, moving on. Brent Urban, Carlos Watkins, Terrell Basham. Okay. Two okay, Brent Urban and Carlos Watkins. Urban is a defensive end, played for the Chicago Bears last season. Carlos Watkins played for the Houston Texans, and he's a defensive tackle. Boom. Both have the same deal. One year, one point seven five million. Okay. You know wow. You know, you know, with with Urban, you know, he really had quite the year last year. Eight starts, appeared in sixteen games. Okay. Registered a career high of two and a half sacks. Alright. Drafted by the Ravens with Ravens from twenty fourteen to twenty eighteen. Then he was traded then he was traded around saying, Huh. Played for two teams in twenty nineteen, was with the Chicago Bears and the Tennessee Titans. Appeared in only four games with the Titans, appeared in nine games with the Bears. Didn't see much playing time in that time, but 30, 30 years old. Well, the Cowboys really did need to bulk up the defensive line system, so if your dude had a fairly decent season last year, that was respectable. Not, not Signing him for a very good price, not too bad. Now, let's take a look at Carlos Watkins. Actually played left outside linebacker last season. Sixteen appearances, eleven starts. Recovered one fumble, two quarterback sacks, total of twenty-seven tackles, seventeen of which were solo, four tackles for a loss, two quarterback hits. Not too bad, not too shabby, and my and quite frankly, like Brent Urban, quite respectable. But now we get to Terrell Basham. Well, two years, six and a half million. Previously played for the New York Jets. Drafted by the Indianapolis Colts in 2017. Traded to the Jets in 2018. 16 appearances last season. Nine starts. Three forced fumbles. Three and a half quarterback sacks, which is a career high. 36 tackles combined, 19 solo, 17 assists, 5 tackles for a loss, 13 quarterback hits. Wow. It seems that this dude could put pressure on the quarterback, and the Cowboys need that. Okay, The Cowboys need that from everybody. I mean, The Cowboys for so long have not been able to get a legitimate, unique pass rusher. That's been a problem for so long. I'm not saying this dude's the guy, but I feel like this dude, Terrell Basham, can certainly help put pressure on the opposing quarterback. And damn it, that's what the Dallas Cowboys need, folks. So the Cowboys really did bulk up the defensive line and added a linebacker. Now, I'm just wondering, are they going to keep, I mean, I'm guessing they're going to keep, probably keep Terrell Basham at the linebacker. I mean, it's too early to tell. And it's merely, well... It's merely a thought, okay. But wherever they put Terrell Basham, you know, it's going to be in a play in a def- in the defensive system that that Dan Quinn is uh, working on. I'm sure it's going to be his rightful place. So, so now, last but not least, this is actually a signing that really made me. Well, 
it overwhelmed me, okay, because I was actually surprised that this dude actually picked the Cowboys. But then again, I should probably let y'all know that it came to the point where he was trying to decide whether he should sign with the Dallas Cowboys or sign with the New York Jets. Now, of course, everybody's going to jokingly say or jokingly ask why the F would he want to play for the New York Jets? Let's keep in mind, folks, some players like to get paid. Some players want to play, and they actually want to go to a, go to a team, okay? They want to go to a team where they, they believe they have a chance to help win. But in the case of today, when we're thinking of the Cowboys and the Jets, I mean, both teams are pretty freaking bad, but if you were to pick between the Cowboys and the Jets, and if you wanted to play football, and, well, I guess the Cowboys, the Cowboys would be the team, right? But in the, in the case of Keanu Neal, who, who's the signing, 26 years old, Strong safety was with the Falcons. I'm my, my guess is it's not the situation of like why the f would he play for the Jets? They're that bad. I'm sure that 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 might be one of the reasons why he picked the Cowboys. But let's be serious now, folks. Jokes aside, okay. I know the Jets are terrible, but let's not think about that, okay. Who's the defensive coordinator for the Cow- Cowboys now? That would be Dan Quinn, formerly the head coach of the Atlanta Falcons. So Keanu Neal, in my opinion, one of the reasons why he chose to sign with the Cowboys instead of the Jets was because he wanted to reunite with Dan Quinn. But it wasn't. it's not just Dan Quinn. It's also Joe Witt Jr., who's also part of the Atlanta defensive coaching staff. So he's going to the Cowboys to play with coaches on the defense with two guys that he's very, very familiar with. So it's a smart move by Keanu Neal. You know, one-year, $5 million deal. Now, I like this signing, but I should stress to you folks that there is um, a bit of a, a bit, no, not a bit of a hiccup. I mean, this is a huge hiccup, okay? He was drafted in 2016, okay? Started in 14 games, okay? He was part of the Falcons team that went all the way, all the way to the Super Bowl. Now, I don't want, now, we all know how the Super Bowl ended up for the Falcons, but that season forced Five fumbles, recovered one, okay, 72 solo tackles, two tackles for a loss. <laughs> but it doesn't end there. He was named the Pro Bowl in 2017, okay, and the fact that he was a rookie starter for a team that went to the Super Bowl, okay, that is huge, okay. And again, 2017, very respectable season. Started all 16 games, had one interception, forced three more fumbles, recovered two. This time had a career high of 83 solo tackles. Okay, four quarterback hits. It's no wonder the dude made the Pro Bowl. The dude was very good at his job. He can play defense very well. Okay. Now, unfortunately, as the momentum built, it eventually went cold. Because in 2018, in the open, in the season opener, he suffered a torn ACL, which resulted in him missing the entire season. Unfortunately, he did come back, but the unfortunate part, I should say, is that in week three of 2019, he tore his Achilles. That means he's going to miss the season once again, which puts his, his future in jeopardy. Now, he did play 15 games last year, and he did miss one week because of a hamstring injury. 
what I'm what I'm getting at, folks, is while the signing is exciting, the question is, aside from can he play well for the Cowboys, will Dan Quinn and Joe Witt Jr. have an impact on him? We'll see. But the bigger question is, can he stay healthy? The Cowboys are going to need him to stay healthy. The Cowboys are going to need all the healthy players they can. On offense and specifically on defense, okay? You know, for him, you know, he's going to join the likes of Donovan Wilson, Darian Thompson, you know, a lot a lot of decently known players in the Cowboys defense, okay? The Cowboys do have talent on defense. It's just, you know, last year, you know, the whole thing with Mike Nolan, horrible scheme, you know, just well, I mean, I don't I don't know. <laughs> It pains me to even think about just how pathetic the Cowboys defense was last season. I'm sorry. I, I have to use the word pathetic because since I'm all about t- telling you the truth, the whole truth, the nothing but the truth, so help me God, I'm not going to sugarcoat nothing. Y'all know me. Tell it like it is. And I'm telling it like it is. The Cowboys defense was pathetic. All right. So now back to reality now. So... The signing is good. Dude's 26, you know, still young. Played college football at the University of Florida. Okay. Who's a first-round pick? Played at Florida. Well, in fact, he played at Florida. That that means that uh, my man, the playmaker, Darnell, the playmaker, Solins, guy, he, he should be very familiar with Keanu Neal. I've yet to ask his opinion on what are your thoughts on him signing with the Cowboys, but... But now that that's all been said, okay, going through all this, folks, now it's time for me to give my honest opinion on the signings. Like, what grade would I give the Cowboys now? Well, as I mentioned at the beginning, I was very disappointed. I mean, the Cowboys had an F at the time. But now... I don't know exactly where to grade them. Unfortunately, since we didn't get Patrick Peterson, some people some people would suggest to me those who were in favor alongside with me of getting Patrick Peterson, maybe they still feel like it's an F. Look, not getting Patrick Peterson, the fact that the Vikings got him cheap is certainly painful for us to deal with, but I think now I would have to give the Cowboys a C plus now. I know I'm. It sounds like I'm being harsh, but the fa- the fa- the fact of the matter is, is that you know we all know the the Cowboys have not really done well in free agency, you know, for a long time now, have they? But at the same time, like I said, it, it, it's a risk to dump the money truck on somebody. The Cowboys did that with Dak Prescott, but the fact. See, none, none of that was anything with Metelli. It was at a C plus, okay. But that's not my official grade, okay. But because the Cowboys did make some smart moves, signed the players for a good price, looking not long term deals, reason for and for reasonable prices, I have to move it up to a B. Okay. I, and why is because the Cowboys actually did do a couple of things, okay. And these players, like I really feel like those certain players are actually going to be be playing for the Cowboys, like Brent Urban, Carlos Watkins, and Terrell Basham, Keanu Neal. 
I, these dudes that they signed, I really feel like these guys will actually be getting playing time. I mean, as long as they stay healthy, nothing happens, okay? But, you know, again, Urban, Watkins, and Bastion put up respectable statistical numbers the last couple of years. They've been playing very good, okay? So so the fact that we got those, I mean, that that's what bumps it up to a B, okay? And Keanu Neal, you know, would actually make it a B-. minus. So now I'm at a B-, minus, okay? And again, we retained Antoine Woods, Cedric Wilson Jr., who, believe it or not, was actually well-needed, and Jordan Lewis. So now overall, we're at, we're at a B-, minus. okay? So basically, so, so at this point, you know, and, and I'm looking, and I'm actually looking at uh, the, the Landry hat, you know, the fan-sided, uh, a, a company I used to work for, a sports writer named uh, Stephen uh, Molnax, I hope I'm pronouncing that correctly, who I'm actually a huge fan of his work. You know, and as I'm looking uh, at a piece that he wrote a, a, a day ago, you know, he's actually giving grades uh, grades on his own, and, and he too seems to be a bit a bit impressed with the uh, with signing of Brent Urban. Okay, now he's not, he doesn't seem to be too thrilled about the signing of uh, Tyler Neske, and he's definitely not thrilled about the uh, Carlos Watkins signing, but he's super thrilled about the Jake McQuaid signing. Now, as far as Carlos Watkins goes, well, here's his reasons. He's he explains. The Cowboys need to add more quality defensive tackle depth. Okay. And, and he's absolutely right. Now, the Cowboys do have these two young guys, okay? You know, and the, the dude who tore his ACL, Tristan Hill. You know, this, I really, I'm really i sincerely hoping this dude comes back and stays healthy. I mean, his career just really has not been going well. Okay. But uh, to, to, but to finish off, uh, just to, to quote uh, the brilliant work by, uh, by Steven... I mean, he's absolutely right. You know, Houston, let's not forget, Houston did, in fact, have the worst team in the NFL last season against the run, you know, aver- allowing an average of 160 yards per game on the ground, okay? So the fact that the Cowboys signed a defensive tackle that was part of the worst def- that was part of that bad defense is obviously, you know, it's obviously not, not a good move, but but what I like about the signing is at least the dude's got experience. I mean, he, start- he did start 11 games last season, so at least he, he did start, so... But the Carlos Watkins signing, you know, at the end of the day, I, I guess it could, it could go either way. So I'm going to leave it at that. But I'm still going to stick with uh, with a B-minus overall for the Cowboys. But now that I'm looking at Tristan Hill, it, you know, and reading the article is actually what reminded me because I actually had forgotten about I know the name had cleared out of my mind. Tristan Hill is 22 years old. His birthday is actually in four days, so he's about to turn 23 years old. He's been with the Cowboys since 2019. Well, it's just really, it really is, you know, very difficult how his career started. I'm I'm sorry, I'm I'm, I'm just like, my head's really spinning right now because the dude's got potential, okay? Now, on October 19th of last year, he was played on injured reserve because he again he suffered a season-ending torn ACL. There's there's a bit of controversy that actually surrounds the, the guy. Let's talk because against Seattle had that tackle on a uh, Seattle running back Chris Carson, and then you know and then there was a a late helmet to helmet hit on on Russell Wilson. So 
mean, I mean, the dude got fined over thirteen thousand dollars, you know, for the, for those two hits. So, I'm not, I'm not gonna say that, you know. Obviously, I'm not gonna just immediately say that. Well, he did it on purpose. I mean, I don't want to take it that far. I mean, I don't know. Maybe he did. Maybe he didn't. But you know, I the bottom line is I'm not sure. So I'm not, I'm not gonna. Not, I'm not just gonna throw it out there, but. But Tristan Hill, along with Neville, Neville Gallimore, I mean, we, we need those two guys to be very, very healthy. Okay, because the sad part, is, as far as Tristan Hill goes, again, you know, he he was a second-round pick for the Cowboys, okay? And he, he he's only started, he started five, he started five games with the Cowboys last year. I mean, he only appeared in, in five games, but he started in all of them, okay? Had three quarterback hits, did have one tackle for a loss, okay? Had six uh, tackles that were solo, okay? So his numbers were decently respectable until he got hurt. But again, the controversy that surrounds it kind of like overshadows it, but I tend not to think about that. I really hope that, that Tristan Hill comes back better this year than he ever was because it's going to be a huge year for him this year. I mean, the, the Cowboys, again, they need all the help they can get when it comes to putting pressure on the quarterback. So the Cowboys really have an arsenal of defensive Line talent, okay. So, and for Carlos Watkins's case, you know he's gonna have to go out there and prove himself, okay. I mean, again, you know, it, it, it's bad. On, it, 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 it's hard, you know, for him to deal with the fact that he was in fact part of the worst rushing defense last year. That again, averaged close to 160 yards per game. But, but Carlos Watkins has something very important. I've talked about this many times. What's important is that he has a fresh start, and I've, as I've explained many times. A fresh start is what many players need. So Carlos Watkins has what he needs. We'll see how it works out for him. Okay. And the same thing goes for Tristan Hill. Had a torn ACL. Okay. I hope he's doing well. Hope he's fully recovered. I haven't heard anything about him lately. Again, you know, it, it was, you know, uh, bringing this article that kind of really, uh, that brought the name back to, my, back, back to me. But, but really, him and Steven Gallimore at the defensive tackle position, we're gonna need the we're gonna need the most out of those two guys. <laughs> I mean they they've yet they've yet to make a uh, they they've yet to make a big impact. So let's see if they can do it. Ladies and gentlemen, Cowboys Talk is available on Spotify, Apple Podcasts, Amazon Music, Google Podcasts, and YouTube. Thank y'all very very much for joining me this evening. Again, I apologize for being a little bit awkward and kind of being a little bit lost today. Again, you know, late, lately things have just been going on, and it, it's been so hard to be in my element. But I'm very, I'm very happy that you know, for everybody, you know, the loyal, loyal listeners, I can't thank y'all enough. So, anyway, I will see y'all next time. And how about them cowboys? <laughs>